race fans, how are you? Welcome to another edition of the Road to Indy Insider Live. My name is Rob Howden, the voice of the Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. Once again, home here in Cambridge, Ontario, Canada. Uh, it was essentially about a four-month uh, whirlwind uh, of uh, going to events. Of course, everything getting shut down back in March at St. Petersburg. We jammed so much racing from like the second week of July to the last weekend of October. I can't believe it. I know a lot of the drivers actually really enjoyed it because they got, they got a chance to do a lot of racing. There wasn't a lot of downtime. We were uh, back in the car, you know, a, a week afterwards, whatever it may be. And I think a lot of drivers were, were liking that kind of uh, a more truncated schedule. But I like it when it's kind of spread out some more. I think everybody wants to get back to St. Petersburg in March and see maybe a little bit more of a break between events. But uh, we're looking forward again to the 2021 season. But we're still really, at least I am, in rewind mode. I'm having a look at everything that's happened, of course, in 2020 and what was a wild season in both USF 2000 and Indy Pro 2000. Indy Lights, of course, on hiatus. We'll see them come back in 2021, which I think is super exciting. Uh, of course, do want to say hello to everybody who's kind of starting to tune in here right now. Let me uh, throw my little comment up here for you so you guys can can, can jump on the board. Uh, folks, this is, uh, is going to be a good one. I, I, the first two uh, episodes here uh, of the Insider Live postseason, I'm like, you know what? I got to get the champions. That's got to be the call. So... Christian Rasmussen, USF 2000 champion, had to talk to a chance to talk to Christian. He was back home already in Denmark. Uh, of course, he's looking forward to taking that scholarship to move uh, to the Indy Pro 2000 category. Today, Stingray Rob, the champion of the Indy Pro 2000 category. What a season he had. Game changer for sure. Career changer, I think, as well. Uh, let's get things up. Let's bring him in here right now before I start uh, rolling things out. Let's go add to the stream. Stingray Rob, thank you for joining me here on The Insider. Thanks for having me, Rob. Uh, so let's just ask a quick question before I go into it. How's it feel a couple of weeks out uh, from be from being the champ? Oh, it feels pretty good. I'm, I'm starting to uh, get used to it. The trophies actually just showed up a couple of days ago. We had okay. to ship them home. All right. And uh, pulling out of the box, I was looking at it again and like, wow, those look really good in our house. <laughs> <laughs> I like this addition to my trophy my trophy collection, right? Yeah. All right, yeah. so again, we've got people some people starting to dial in. Uh, we'll say hello to Elaine's on here. Cat's signed on. So we've got, of course, our, our hardcore our Road to Indy racing fans are on. Alicia's dialed yeah. in as well. Uh, and we are green, green, green with this uh, with this podcast for sure. Let's start. <laughs> I like that, right? Yeah, um, I like it. Let's start by kind of rolling out what, what I said at the very start of the uh, the banquet when I introduced you uh, as the champion. Uh, great season for you, Stingray, with Hunkos Racing. Uh, seven wins. Uh, in 17 races, 11 podiums, 15 top fives in 17 races. Only two times you were outside the top five. One of them was the sixth. I think the other was a tenth. Uh, five poles, five fastest race laps, the most laps led, the most races led, and I think my, almost maybe even more importantly, the only driver to complete all 485 laps. And if any uh, IndyCar team owners or managers are watching this, they want someone who brings the car home, right? We don't wreck cars. We finish all the laps. Four and 85 laps, you completed every lap. I have to believe that, that was that, that's kind of a little thing that you can you can put a feather in your cap and mm -hmm. use that moving forward. Yeah, no, I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Having those, all the laps completed, you know, that's not something I've had in the past years. You know, coming into this season, we kind of knew what it took to win the championship, and consistency is key. And we showed that this year, which is so amazing. You know, you, you were just going over the stats of, there's two times say. outside of the top five. That speaks for itself on how amazing of a season it was. Yeah, and, and how much how much different are you right now, the thought? Remember last year you came so close to winning a couple of races at the end of the year, and I there was probably self-doubt and, and frustration and everything. 
So you had that, you know, you had that character building moment, and then it's so much different right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is better. absolutely. Well, I mean, even just two months ago or three months ago, I don't even know what month it is now. It's yeah, been right. kind of a whirlwind, like you I said. But feel uh, the same way. I think that even going into the year, you know, opening up the season with my teammate getting two wins before I even got my first win, yeah, that was frustrating, and that's something that Ricardo. Uh, mentioned to me later on in the season, he goes, Stinger, the way that you recovered from that and didn't like drop your head and kind of lose motivation after that point was unbelievable. So true. Yeah. Hey, let's, let's, before we jump into that, that's obviously one of the things let's so this is kind of a season review for you. Uh, preseason expectations. I kind of set the stage there a bit that you had some struggles last year, super close to a victory at Laguna Seca at the end of the year, only to go off with some gravel on the racetrack coming into the season, your second year with Hunkos racing. How did you set things up in terms of expectations? You know, I expected to do well yeah. and I really, really wanted to win. And it was kind of a make it or break it season for me. Um, you know, we just saw the article recently that came out that kind of said that I had become more of a mainstay in the Indy Pro 2000 series than the car itself. <laughs> I saw, I read that. This morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of like, uh, well, not the best terms, but yeah. you know, it gave me a lot of experience. I had a lot of time to grow in the last four years in the series. You know, when I came in, I was a rookie looking for, my first open wheel car experience pretty much uh, coming out of go-karts and not really knowing what to expect. And then moving on in the series, you know, you learn so much every year and being with different teams teaches you so much as well, because it not only shows you uh, what you're capable of and what you're needing to work on, but it shows you how you can affect the team. You know, as a driver, there's so many yeah. things that go into having a successful season and one of those things is, you know, being a leader amongst a team or listening to the team or, you know, just working together. And so having a second year with Hunkos Racing, I think, made a big difference um, just because that relationship was built. I wasn't trying to figure out what was going on, you know, all over again. Yeah. And so I think that we all had the expectation to do well in the championship. But, uh, you know, with as many good guys that came in, there was there was no promises of how success was going to be. I will, I will say this, when we were doing some previews earlier in the year and I looked at the lineup coming in this year, I, I, I couldn't pick a winner because I just knew there were so many yeah. talented drivers. This was a really stout year in the program. I think it's good to point out because you talked about four years in Indy Pro and it felt like, like, like the article said that you were more of a, you know, a mainstay in the series than the, the new car was. Yeah. It's important to point out you didn't do USF 2000. So a lot of mm -hmm. drivers would do two years of USF 2000 and two years of Indy Pro. You're still on the same level in terms of the amount of years in road to Indy because you just did four straight years in Indy Pro. You came in at the end of the Pro Mazda, the older car, did a year there, then were there for the start of the PM18, and then, of course, two years after that. So it's not like it's not like you have a lot more experience than the other drivers. Yeah. You have the same amount of years. It's just the fact that you've been, they've been all in Indy Pro. Yeah, yeah. You know, coming out of that first year in Pro Mazda and, um, you know, having to adapt to the new chassis, I think a lot of the drivers kind of had a leg up because the USF 2000 car and the Indy Pro car are the same chassis. And so I think they have very similar characteristics when you're driving them versus the old Pro Mazda where it was yeah. sequential gearbox with, you know, uh, old style tub frame and adjustable roll bar and all this stuff that are kind of outdated now. Um, some features that would have been nice to have on the new car, but still very nice to make that, that uh, jump into the, the PM 18. And then after that first season, it's kind of like, all right, starting to get things figured out. You know, I, I think I did a few races that were pretty good. Um, got on podium at Indianapolis in 2018 
and then meant, went with Hunkos Racing in 2019. Yeah. And I think that's when things really started to click. I kind of had to recover mentally from the previous season when I entered with Hunkos Racing. And so we didn't really see what I was capable of and towards, until towards the end of the season. Yeah. And that's where makes, we makes, did so Portland and yeah. I'm going to say. So, yeah. You talk about your preseason expectations. You think you win races. You go into Road America and you struggle a little bit in the very first. Let's start with that. Uh, obviously, man, you hit a wall out of the gate, right? You had a bit of trouble. I think you, you yeah. didn't even didn't even get a qualifying lap. And was it a fuel pump or something no. happened? Whatever it was, it kind of put you on your back foot from the very beginning. Yeah. So opening qualifying, Road America was kind of a crazy race anyways because it was a doubleheader, I think. It was a doubleheader. Yeah. Yep. But it was only one qualifying session. And so... We knew that you would have to qualify well in race one so you could get good clean track in race two, or sorry, to qualify for race two. Yeah. Um, and so qualifying one kind of set the the pace for the whole weekend. And coming out of the opening lap, you know, I'm first one out of the pits, uh, go down into turn five, the hairpin there, and go to step on the throttle, and there's no power. Car just <laughs> dies. So we figured out it was a fuel pump issue. I got a toe back into uh, behind the wall in turn five. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mechanic, Alejandro, came sprinting down the hill there at road america and you know that's a long ways from the pit that's a long run no yeah. Doubt. yeah and so he i don't know what he did he took the car apart and put it back together in like a matter of minutes and sent me back up the hill so i was probably going a little quick but anyways i wanted to get back out on track and got back in pits just in time for a red flag to come out oh. and so i ended up doing one warm-up lap and having to pit and it was just unfortunate you know the way that things worked out but mm-hmm. started last row for race one i think i finished fifth in that race and we did pretty good i mean i was yeah. pretty happy with how the car was and the progress i was being able to make and then uh for race two my teammate got out to an, a lead early and i kind of had to chase um the guys in front of me and i just remember thinking like dang if that wasn't my teammate, I'd be super mad, but I'm still kind of mad because it's my teammate. So <laughs> kind of like a catch 22, you know, he's got the same car set up as you. So yep. you're kind of working with the same materials and it's all down to the, to the driver at that point. So I knew that he had been quick all weekend. Artem's a really good driver. It's nice to have him as a teammate just for the, the aspect of having good data. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew that once he was out front, there was no chance of catching him. All right. So let's go from the, 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 trials and tribulations of road America to then essentially what was kind of the turning point, I think obviously for your, for your career, you go to mid Ohio, a uh, couple of decent finishers. Obviously your teammate wins again. He's got two victories. Um, you're waiting for that first one. And you've talked about this before. And it's been written about in a couple of articles. Talk about what you did on that weekend to put yourself where you needed to be mentally. Yeah. So at mid Ohio, I knew, I knew that we had a good car and I knew that, uh, I think I qualified in the top four or something. It was pretty good. I mean, we, we knew that we were quick going into race one. I ended up finishing 10th that race though. Yeah. Race one. And that was no one's fault other than my own. I mean, I, I could try and put the blame on someone, but there was no excuse. I mean, I was so frustrated after that race. I came into the pits, parked the car, get out, walk in the trailer, just shoved my helmet in the cubby and left. People didn't know where I was. I just went out for a walk by myself. Um, towards that park area close to the paddock there in mid Ohio. And I ended up taking a knee out there and I was so angry. I couldn't even stand. I mean, I was so frustrated at this point. I just started praying like how much more am I going to have to go through? Like if it's not the car falling apart, someone running to the back of me or 
flying over the top of me or, yep. you know, just crazy things that happen on typical race weekends, then it's just me making a mistake and not being able to get a good finish. And at that point, I kind of had this rush of peace. And I think it was just, uh, I, there, I mentioned the verse at the, the speech you did, yeah. in, in St. Petersburg and as James one, and it talks about how trials and tribulations, when you persevere through them, it creates another level of perseverance. So it's kind of like when you put a muscle under, uh, tension, it's going to tear and then it's going to be coming. Build itself bigger. back up. Yep. Exactly. So it's building capacity. So in that same sense, my perseverance level was building because of all the the stuff I'd been putting it through. So that's true. And at that point I kind of realized I'm like, well, it was all for a purpose. You know, the last three years have all been designed to work towards a goal. And, you know, we didn't see the success. We didn't see the, the, the rewards of, you know, all the different things that had happened until now. And I think at that point I had my mind right where it was like, it doesn't matter what happens. I know it's all working towards a goal that had, that God has for me. I know mm-hmm. that I'm serving my purpose. So as long as I'm doing that, I'll be set. And it doesn't really matter what else happens. And then two races later, I think I was in, uh, I think fifth on the start, ended up winning that race. And it was just kind of like, there it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Ta-da! So, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like everything came together that weekend where my mind got right and the team got the right setup on the car. And it was just kind of like everything came together finally. Yeah, it was like there was the payback for the trust, right? Uh, yeah, that, exactly. that you were able to get. So, so, give us a little, just a little. I know you, you went over this before. We've talked about it, but the little taste of the. I gotta, I gotta think the absolute relief of getting that first victory. That I know you, you mentioned you were in tears yeah. going around that, that the victory lap, which would not surprise me at all. Uh, just give us a little taste of how that felt. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, words can't describe that feeling of relief and yeah. victory, and just like thankfulness of everything that has happened you know at that point i was thankful for all the things that i've been put through because i knew i wouldn't be there without it you know so kind of like that's it yeah, i'm starting to get emotional just talking about it now <laughs> like god <laughs> but uh hey, yeah, it's, it's, hey, listen it's you gotta put you gotta to put describe. a you gotta put a lot of pressure on a piece of coal to turn it into a diamond you know that right yeah no kidding right? so hopefully i'm heading in that direction <laughs> well listen you, you turned everything right there so you're definitely heading in that direction you take that first victory and we go into a couple of oval races at the freedom freedom 90 and Lucas oil raceway. Then we go to gateway as well. Um, you weren't able to get back to the victory lane, but you had a really strong run at the freedom. Uh, probably mm-hmm. learned something there. Cause you pushed super hard to try to get by Cody Swanson on the yeah. bottom and two, I think you burn the tires up a little bit. Uh, yeah. and then you end up coming back and having a pretty good run at gateway as well. Can you talk about how different you felt, uh, during that particular, those particular oval races, having got that first win? Yeah. So Lucas Oil last year, I think I finished second in that event. And that was really good, you know, for not being very comfortable on the oval. I think that we had a really good car and uh, I was really happy with finishing second there. You know, it was one of those races that was a big confidence builder. Yeah. And then this year, I kind of expected to do something similar to that, maybe even go for a win building off of the, the confidence gain from last year. And so opening up that race, uh, we knew that Cody Swanson was the hometown guy. He was the guy that knew the track the best. And I ended up um, starting to uh, try and go on the inside and it did not work out very well. <laughs> and so I ended up burning my, my tires off a little bit. Sorry. Hang on one second, Rob. I got to, got to move rooms here or something. 
I got someone at the door. Let me <laughs> let me just take that real That's quick. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. Go for it. I'll set this up. I love this. This is live, folks. This is why we do this. Uh, I'll bring up a couple of things here while, while Stingray's taking care of this. Uh, as we said, the seven victories. What I thought was really interesting, uh, the last five events of the year, uh, Indianapolis, of course, Mid-Ohio, New Jersey Motorsports Park, and St. Petersburg. Stingray was able to get at least one win at, at all four of those venues. Of course, three in a row was able to sweep it at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but I think the fact that he was able then to keep that momentum up. There wasn't even one weekend where he didn't find himself not at least on top of the podium at one time. And I, I like the ebbs and flows of that uh, challenge in some races, able to come back in others, uh, but to be able to get uh, race wins. I was just saying you were able to get race wins in the last four weekends of the year, at least one victory in all the last four weekends, I think was really cool. It wasn't one track that you struggled on really at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. You were able to find victories every time. Yeah. Yeah, so sorry about that. I had the neighbor come over. Apparently, their dog got into our backyard by jumping the fence or something. And it's you live. Want to talk to you about it's it, live. So. It's all right. It's yeah. all good. I love it. Uh, all right. So again, like you said, you're able. You're battling with with uh, Cody Swanson there. Uh, learned a little bit there. Then you go to Gateway. And, and how did you how do you feel things happen to get work for you guys at Gateway? <laughs> sorry. Goodness, this live show is just been a ball. <laughs> Um, well, I love it. going to the gateway, you know, I wasn't very confident Yep. and, uh, you know, in the opening test sessions on the day, I ended up like being like two or three tenths off to my teammate. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, well, what the heck are we doing out here? Just running laps. Yep. Let's get behind him. Let me see what he's doing. And we know we have the same car, so I should be able to do the same thing. And I ended up, I ran behind him for like two laps. Like, oh, all right, we got this. We're good. Nice. And from that point, um, we went into the morning practice the day after qualifying and right before the race. And I don't know what the team did to the car. I don't know. I mean, I gave my feedback and they gave me exactly what I wanted. It was like night and day difference that wow. morning. I mean, I remember I was chasing, might've been Devlin or someone. I can't remember. I, I we, we chased down every single car except for one and passed them. And it was like working well in and out of traffic by myself. I mean, the car was on rails. And so I was like, dang, that was pretty <laughs> sweet. I mean, <laughs> I want to go back to an oval just to experience that again. And uh, going into the race, the car was similar, but I know that uh, Braden, he had a really good car. And he I had, had a good hot rod. Him off yeah, he did, the yeah. whole race. And I was just doing everything I could to keep him behind me. I'm like, dang, he's so quick. And I could see, you know, I'm working the arrow a little bit, trying to, you know, make him have a little bit of a tougher time than I would have uh, not let him, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> trying yeah. to keep him behind me. So I think we did a good job walking away from, from there with a fourth place. Points, um, yep. Yeah, exactly. And so with that said, uh, you know, Gateway was really good. Another confidence builder. And we got a little, little comment here from Diane Swintel. She says, you got to love live TV. <laughs> no, yeah. doubt. Diane, no, no doubt. Kidding. No doubt no about kidding. it. No doubt about it. All right. So let's uh I'm gonna bring a picture up here in a second. Uh let's go to what I call the game changer, potentially the career changer. And that's you going to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and flat dominating. You were able to get a race win at mid-Ohio, the emotion, you know, get the you get the monkey off your back, couple of good runs at the oval, uh battling with Swanson, fighting with Braden Eves, a decent run. You go to Indy, dude, and out of the gate, it's just that's what it's every race car driver, cart racer, I don't care it is, they want a weekend like that where everything goes absolutely perfectly. Give yeah. me a little give me a little insight on how things happen. Three wins, you take over the point lead. 
Uh, what an amazing weekend in Indianapolis. Yeah. So going into Indianapolis, we knew uh, that we lost a couple of engineers from the team last year that had our setup, and we we kind of dominated their last year as well. Rasmus, he got a couple of wins there, I think, last season. And so yeah. uh, we knew that the car setup was good, and so we, we knew that we had to build um, a better setup than the other teams had from our setup last year, you know? Yeah. So uh, we kind of revamped the setup a little bit can, in comparison to what we had, I think. And so that was kind of like the golden child of <laughs> Ricardo and Kevin. Yeah, here's I the mean, man here. Yeah. That's the man right there. That's the one that got it done. So they, they gave me a great car and we made a good tire strategy for the weekend. And I remember uh, we qualified second for race one. My teammate was first. And I was so mad about that because I was like, <laughs> there's no excuse when your teammates got the same car as you and he's beating you. And it was, it wasn't even like the, a big gap, but it was enough that I was like, Oh, I yeah. wanted that so bad. Yeah. 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 And so we ended up uh, finishing first in race one. And, and I remember we, we had a, there was a wreck in on the start or something. I fell back and I think I was sitting in fifth on the restart. I got passed before turn one and ended up passing him back into turn one. And from that point, I was like, all right, that's it. I'm going to the front. I'm done with this. There you go. You know? And so I started chasing guys down. We had the car that I was just like on rails. Like I said, I ended up chasing Hunter down. He kind of just waved me on by. I remember he, uh, he saw how fast I came up on yeah, him. Like, I remember all that. Right. <laughs> all right. Stinger, come on ahead. I'm, I'm putting up a flick here. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. He kind of pointed me by and said, let's go, let's go to the front together. And so hey, we did. And use you, you were able yeah. to use Art Artem at, at gateway hunters wise to like, look, this guy's faster than me. Go by me. I'm going to, I'm going to pick something up here. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what he did. I mean, he finished second in that race because of that. I think yep. um, my teammate Artem was in the lead for quite a while until we were able to slip on by him. And from that point on, it was kind of like to stay out front until the, the red flag came out for Brayden, yeah. which was unfortunate. So, uh, race two, I remember, I think Devlin had new tires that race and we were starting on pole and I was like, all right, this is going to be interesting. We knew that new tires made a big difference. And, yeah. uh, once I was out in the lead though, we were gone. I mean, it was just like lights out for that whole race. Did you guys make many changes throughout the weekend or once you got that set up, that baseline stuff that did, did, did were you, was there a lot of tuning on it? It was a weird weekend. Cause we were standalone, right? We didn't have... Mm -hmm the IndyCar guys going out and laying down their Firestone rubber. It was nothing but Cooper tire rubber the entire time. And I want, I want to know if you guys made any changes in the car. Yeah. I think that the team just ad adapted to the conditions. I, I said the car was good. And so I want the same balance for the rest of the weekend. And yeah. that's what they did. And that's there good. wasn't, there wasn't anything that really changed. Um, yeah. So race two, Devlin was on your tires and he made a good jump to the start and we ended up running away with it. And then race three, we had a new set of tires left. And I remember uh, Peter Dempsey, I think it was, was talking to Kevin, my engineer. And he was just like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> You've got, you, you, just, know? you just won both races and you have fresh tires for the, for the third race. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so they were a little bit discouraged at that point, I think, but uh, it was more of the same. It was, awesome. it was a special weekend though. Having it be my birthday weekend. That's it. Um, and, having it be my mechanics birthday weekend as well. You know, we did a kind of an extended celebration over the course of the two days. I love it. And I so it was, it. it was special to, to share that with him and, you know, celebrate a little bit better than we, what we normally would. And part of the craziness, we then turn around and go right to mid Ohio, you know, mm -hmm. like very, very quickly to mid Ohio. 
Um, you go back to the scene of the first win and have a really good weekend again. You get another victory. Um, going into that race, did that first win really play? Obviously, you got the victories at at uh, at Indianapolis. We all know that car setups are kind of track specific, right? You can have a great car at one track, but maybe you're not quite as good somewhere else. You guys knew you had both Artem and yourself won the first time coming through. Was the was the was the confidence at an all time high heading back to Mid Ohio? Um, for me, yeah. I mean, as a driver, I was so comfortable in the car. I was really liking the the way that the team and I were working together and we were figuring things out. Um, race one though, back at Mid Ohio, I remember that was kind of a disaster. I think I finished fourth. And in my mind, I'm like, that's a disaster. But, <laughs> right. you know, I just come off a, a weekend sweep and you're like, yep. fourth, what are we doing yeah, back there? Like, what, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't very happy with the car and the team knew that. And I think it was just adapting to the, to the Firestone rubber a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I gave him my feedback and they're like, all right, so go away. We'll take care of it for you. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll let you do your thing. I'll do my thing. That's it. And it was, it was so good. You know, race two, we had that monsoon come through right before. That's right. Yep. And, uh, ended up, ended up, um, restarting on pole. So that was really good mm-hmm. for the, the final start of race two and walked away with it. You know, Parker was pushing me the whole entire race, but, uh, we had some good laps there at the end. You know, I know, Finelli and Kaminsky were battling it out in front of us on one of the closing laps and they that was, ended up that was hectic. together or something. And yeah, that yeah was hectic. I, I was a little nervous with that. You know, I looked at my mirror, saw Parker and got out of the way trying to not hit Finelli. And from that point, it's kind of like, okay, quality laps. I need to get back out to a gap where I'm not towing Parker around down the straightaway. So last, last few laps, I think that I laid some good times down that were able to, to keep us in the, in the lead. So you're, you get another victory. Uh, you're in a really good spot. Do you guys go to New Jersey uh, for that triple header and say, we're going to clinch? Or was it, we're going to go get good points? Like, or, or was it, you know what, this is it. We're, we're winning now. Yeah. So we actually didn't know what we needed to win. We didn't do the calculations because we were just going to go, okay, if we focus on just <laughs> getting points, that everything else will take care of itself. If we just finish as far up the field as we can, mm-hmm. everything else will be taken care of. So I talked to Kevin, my engineer. Uh, so actually, let's start off with, we went to the test there right beforehand. That's right. I remember Hunter McElroy was crazy quick. Colin was crazy quick. And Devlin was crazy quick. And it was kind of like, this is not looking <laughs> good for us. I'm like, this is kind of um, not good. Anyways. And so we looked like we had a uh, fourth place set up. And I don't know if it was what i mean we we were just kind of looking for it and i think it was just because they had more new tires going to that test than we did um but going to the race we didn't change the setup a whole lot from the test we we're kind of like all right we got our baseline we're just going to run it and yep. see how things go and ended up blowing a motor on the opening test day there and so we didn't get right. any track time like the other guys did and uh went out for test session three did a really good time on new tires um, and then qualified second the following morning to Devlin. And I think it was by eight thousandths of a second. Yeah, it was close. So, it was yeah. so close. So close. And then for race one, you know, the the weekend kind of had an ominous feel of rain. <laughs> and we didn't know when it was going to come or how much was going to come. And team and I decided to make a call to save a new set of tires for race two. Yep. 
or for, you know, quality to going sticker, sticker. Um, and so race one, Devlin went on new tires. We were unused. Devlin got out to a lead early and just ran away with it. I mean, it was, he drove a great race. Um, but I was really happy with how the car fell on the used setup. Mm -hmm. Quality two came around and we went, Hmm, we can save another set of tires here and have a new set for the race. <laughs> and so we ended up rolling out on used where everyone else went on stickers. And uh, I think I was four tenths off of first rolling out on used um, the first place. And so we're like, dang, we got a really good car. This is going <laughs> to be sweet. And ended up qualifying on pole by like three tenths of a second, which is unbelievable. No, I yeah. think I had one of the best laps I've ever driven in a qualifying session there. And the car was on rails. And so it was kind of like the perfect combination of everything we needed to have a successful qualifying. Then we had the new tires for race two again, yep. similar to uh, what we had at race three in Indianapolis. Uh -huh. I think some of the other teams looked at that and they're like, no, no. why? We're behind. So, yep. Yeah. And once I was out in the lead, I think that uh, it was pretty clear that we were just going to stay there. But it was kind of funny during that race. Uh, my engineer was on the radio with me. He goes, Stingray. Their pace is 14.5. Let's think about the tires. And at that point, I was doing like 13.9 or something. You know, it's still early on. Yep. So I slowed down to like a 14.0. And I feel like I'm just slugging around. <laughs> and they're like, Stingray, the pace is 14.5. 14.5. Back it down. Yeah. Yep. And so I back it down to like 14.2 or 14.3 or something. And they're like, okay, whatever. He's fine. We'll take it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So that was really funny just to kind of have that, that radio communication, like, okay, guys, fine. I'll appease you. But, uh, it was really, it was really a fun weekend. And then race three, that rain finally came. Yep. Started second for that race. Uh, had some wheel spin off the line, which made me feel like a complete rookie. <laughs> you know, I don't think I've ever felt more like a rookie than that moment. You're yelling so, at yourself going down to turn one, right? exactly i'm like oh what have you done oh like, no that was so ridiculous i'm like well we had a chance to clinch now we don't so <laughs> i'll just cruise the rest of the race and so for the opening half of that race we were kind of just sitting there not worrying a whole lot about points we were just going to try and salvage what we could that event not push it too much not trying to wreck or anything and ended up uh following my teammate as he tried to get around dev one and they got together on one of the back corners there in the rain and went off the track. And those were my two uh, title ship or title contenders. Yep. And I was like, where's that position of points? <laughs> Where are we? And the team ended up telling me like, if you finish sixth, you're fine. And I was sitting in fourth at that point. Yep. Like, Oh, sweet. And we got to the restart, ended up going green. Um, Hunter jumped out early away from me. And then pretty soon I started to catch him. And I remember thinking like, Hmm, well, <laughs> I like podiums. And so the, the team got on the radio and before I could even ask, they're like, all right, Stingray, go for the podium, go for a top. Like, all right, sweet. Yep. Sounds good. And ended up chasing Hunter down, passed him on the outside and turn one. And I was so happy with that. I was like, oh yeah. That was a so big pass. Even though we had clinched the championship, that was still pretty cool. But uh, that was a really sweet pass. You know, I, okay. I'm still a competitor and I don't yeah. like to just give it up during a race I know. and so yep. going for a podium was kind of necessary <laughs> uh did they did you know on the cool down lap you had clinched it uh they said provisionally yeah yeah that All i right. had 
taking the championship. So getting out of the car, I was pretty excited. Um, gave everyone hugs, but yeah, wait until later got, for it to be official. I got that one there. there. You go. Yeah, that's you and your mom. I remember that's... my mom came up to me crying. That's my team <laughs> or my uh, mechanic in the back there. He was crying. Yeah, but I wasn't crying yet at that there's point. The fam. I had not started. And there's the there family right there. This is, this is your support yeah. team, week in and week out, right? Yeah, that's them. I mean, yeah. it's every weekend. I know that my dad has been to every single race in my life except for one. And wow. it's because he was in the hospital and he was still <laughs> on the phone with us telling us what to do to set up the cart. That's amazing. So. That is so amazing. All right. So let's, you get, you get it done. We go to St. Petersburg and the whole time I, I'm calling it, I'm, I'm calling it your exclamation point on the end of this season, right? Yeah. You want you want to put an exclamation point on the end of the sentence, the story that you guys have been telling throughout the season. Uh, it ends up with a, a new track record in qualifying. You, yeah. you, you reset your own race lap record as well. You end up winning race number one. That's an exclamation point. You aren't able to quite get it done in, in race two to sweep the entire weekend. But man, all in all, just a fantastic weekend for you. Great way to cap the season off. And I'm sure having that championship already clinched, it must have been just a more relaxed weekend, man. I, I'm just feeling good. I'm going to do what I can. Yeah. Going into St. Pete, it was kind of like, well, we got two options. We can go for it or we can, you know, lay back and just, cruise until the, the finish line kind of a deal and yep. I didn't really want to do that cruising thing <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, qualified on pole and in race one I knew that we had a really good car you know in the opening lap I jumped out to a pretty good lead and uh, pretty soon I remember Daniel Frost coming up in my mirrors and they're on the radio telling me the gaps or whatever and you know I was trying to pace myself during the race in case a caution came out and we could have some good tires towards the end of the event if there was a, a restart or something yep and so towards the end of the race, I saw Daniel come to my mirrors and I told uh, Kevin, my engineer on the radio, I'm like, all right, just be quiet. Let me drive for the next few laps. Just let's <laughs> see what we can do. That's it. And I, before that, actually, I asked them, I did like a, I can't remember what our times were there, but I did something like a 0.5. And I knew that the race record was like a 0.49 or 0. 0.5 something. And so I asked them like, what's the race record? <laughs> and I was out in the lead. So I was trying to set little goals, you know, oh, boy. and uh, they're like, don't worry about it. Just drive. And I was like, Dang. all right, I'll, I'll figure all it right. out later. No, just do it later. Anyways, yeah. And uh, they ended up getting on the radio the last few laps. Like singer, you need to push Daniel's coming. I'm like, all right, I'll push. Thank you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and ended up setting the race record twice. And so that was, that was pretty cool on the final lap too. Um, you know, being able to go lap. that whole race yeah. and then save the tires enough to earn the last lap. I had a really good lap time. So yeah. that was that was fun. So we capped the weekend off. We capped the year off in the Mahaffey Theater on Sunday. And uh, I know you guys were getting choked up. Of course, we're doing the we're doing the, the banquet. The family's all there. And I'm spouting through all the stuff that you've done. Obviously, you can just I, I'm looking at you getting a little bit choked up. But you were able to get up on the stage. And I'll tell you, it was impressive, man. I was about two. See, I'm sticking to the schedule too. Tammy Valkowski's got me on a schedule. I think I was like two or three minutes early. I was doing a great job. And then yeah. you rolled in. Um, your 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 speech was not a track record. <laughs> it was a little no. longer. But yeah. But but no, listen. Uh everything you wanted to say, you were able to say. You were unbelievably eloquent. Um, and I I, th I thought it was great that you obviously up on the stage like that, getting a chance to uh, you know, get a chance to talk about about your you know, your whole experience of this year and the people around you and everything. I thought, I thought you did a great job with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I ended up writing the speech, uh, you know, having a little time in between New Jersey and St. Pete. Yep. And I had practiced it a few times before going to St. Pete. 
and I hadn't made it through without crying. And I'm not <laughs> typically a crier. And so I'm like, shoot, this is not going to be good. We're going to get there to the banquet. Yeah. And it, it is big. And it it's was big. kind of those same emotions that I felt at Mid-Ohio after that first win. You know, kind of like you're grateful for all the people, all the things that have happened, all the trials that you've been put through so that you can appreciate this moment that much more. Yeah. And uh, I just felt like I needed to tell the story a little bit because, you know, it, it was a story to tell. <laughs> and yeah. so for me, it was it was something I needed to get off my heart a little bit um, in that speech. And I didn't really know how long that they were going to let me go up there. And so I was like, if I do a good one, they might like let me go a little bit longer. And I didn't quite, uh, I wasn't, actually. I wasn't going to stop you. Don't worry. Yeah. You can, thank you, you for can, not going to keep um, going. Yeah. But, uh, my, my goal was to make it through the speech without crying till, until the end when I started to thank my parents and grandparents and everyone. Yeah. It's going to be a struggle. And, there, right? uh, they ended up playing the highlight video before I went up there. I started sobbing like, <laughs> through the highlight video. I'm like, oh, this is so bad. Like, hey, it's real emotion, man. It's, now. it's real emotion, which you, yeah. can never, you well, never have was, to apologize for. It was so special, too, because yeah. that night, I mean, it was uh, a little bit of a quicker banquet than what we normally have. And I felt yep. like it was, I don't know if I felt like it was more of an intimate banquet just because of that. Like, we, it was our people. There wasn't, like, a, a flashy dinner or anything. You know, yeah. it was very it was very nice to have that, that banquet and experience all the different things with people and, you know, hear people's emotions and do all yep. that. But I got to share that with not just like my parents, my grandparents, but all of my investors as well. And so those investors have been with me for the longest time now. And they've kind of been by my side over the last two, three years, believing in me through all those trials and tribulations. So That's to awesome. kind of I felt like I needed to tell the story to them as well. You know, they, they, they kind of see it, but yeah. to remind them of like, look at where we've been, look yeah. at what we've gone through, look at what we can now appreciate because of that. Yeah. And That's exactly uh, it. yeah. So I get up on stage. I'm like already crying. <laughs> I'm like, all right guys, bear with me here. Hey, hey your, your investors and your family got to see this too, which I thought was yeah. pretty cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can see there, I'm getting over it a little bit, but yeah. uh, just the, the, the emotions are so real in that moment of just like, wow, thank yeah. you, God. Thank you, God, for everything. It's definitely, it's definitely amazing for sure. Let's, uh, you know what, uh, well, let's, let's kind of move into, into 2021, but I got a, I got a really interesting, uh, Kat Nickel posted something here. I want to, I want to throw this down. She says, first off, congratulations. And then do you feel like you and Daniel Frost are maybe at more of an advantage, just of course, heading into next year, having had a bit more racing this season, uh, even as far as momentum? I know some of the drivers did IMSA, uh, Rasmuth Lind, uh, Kyle Kirkwood running LMP3. Uh, you were actually on the track that we're going to run on next year. You ran St. Petersburg. Do you feel like maybe you're going to have a little bit of a, an advantage moving into 2021, knowing that you've done that? <sighs> tough question, right? Yeah. It is a tough question. Yeah, you don't want to you know, say it, but you <laughs> like. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get cocky because. That's exactly you know. right. Yeah. yeah, you'll get humbled real quick if that's the case. But hey, anyway, yeah, the bottom line is, is you have momentum, you have confidence, and really, you you got a chance to race all our all our races still going into next year, right? Yeah, yeah, I think I'll be more comfortable coming back next season. Yeah, but you know that Kyle Kirkwood and Rasmus and uh, whoever else that is that signs is going to be very quick. You know, right out of the gates. You know, it's even with minimal strong. testing, yeah, it's it's going to be a strong year for him just because. Yeah. I mean, they're all great, great drivers. We thought that this year was strong. Yeah, we're going to think that next year is even worse. It's going to be big. Uh, there's going to be next year. three champions next year. That's it. Yeah, Crazy. three. Two Indy Pro and, and Formula Regional Americas. 
Speaking of 2020, excuse me, my turn with live TV. Live TV, I like it. <laughs> Choking it up here. Making me uh, feel like I, uh, I'm not so bad. That's what I was trying to do. I'm trying to make you feel better. Um, 2021, I'm going to ask you right now, where are we? Where, where, do you know where you're racing right now yet? Uh, when are we going testing? Well, I have a test coming in about a month, but I can't say with who. And uh, say that. I knew it. Where, where we're looking to be at, but uh, I know where I want to be. Yeah, and I think that we'll we'll end up there. But uh, still talking with a few teams. We're letting Peter do all the negotiations right now. He's uh trying to figure out what what's going to be the best case scenario for us. Yeah, you mentioned Peter. You uh, on part of your management team is Peter Rossi, the father of Alexander Rossi. And I, I, when you guys connected, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was awesome because Peter has obviously been through the ringer himself. We, I look at your parents; yeah. and they've been through with you, and your dad through the karting ranks and everything. Peter did the same thing. He took Alexander to, you know, Formula BMW, did the whole thing in Europe. Uh, he's been through the grinder himself, um, but he works with you. I know on a lot of the, on the investor side and a lot of the management side, mm-hmm. just, I, I know you don't want to talk. He's kind of a bat, he's kind of behind the scenes kind of guy, but can you give us a little indication of Peter Rossi and what he brings to you in terms of support, maybe structure? You know, throughout the year, I mean, like you said, he's been through the ringer. Yeah. And so to have him, have that experience of getting through that and believing in something. And then also having him believe in me, um, even through the trials and everything was very good to have because there are points in, in any athlete's career. I think that you get discouraged based on uh, not having the results that you want to have. And so to have someone that has that knowledge and experience of working your way through it and kind of shares that with you and passes it along and then shows that they believe that you're going to do it is something that I don't think you can get anywhere else. It's just another level of, assurance um even though that you may not have it in yourself you can kind of believe in their belief if that makes sense 100 percent, yeah and it's different than having a family member believing you you know like having my mom or my dad or my grandma and grandpa they're always it's, gonna exactly they're always gonna be there by my side they're always gonna support me as long as i'm working towards that goal but yeah. uh having peter as an outsider a little bit kind of stepping in and saying all right singer i've i've seen what you can do now let's do it kind of a thing and yeah. so having him also on the the financial side doing the same thing is very important because it gives me an opportunity to not have to worry about okay are we going to be in the car this weekend now there was three times this year where my mom booked my dad and i flights and said all right i'll let you know if we have the money when you get there um and you know we get on the plane not knowing and we get off the plane going all right they did it we got investors so wow that's amazing that's this is this is a, an ongoing story and this is only obviously one of the chapters of it this is going to be something that maybe I'll write a book about it later on but when when you get to IndyCar <laughs> I'd be Sounds more good. than happy to do that uh, all right so timeline is you're going to be testing next month like you said you're being very quiet you're not telling us who is with that uh, kind of annoys me that's okay uh, <laughs> have you driven an Indy Lights car at all yet no oh, I haven't I even sat in one cannot wait to get the feedback on that no yeah that's me good. too it's been a, a dream of mine over the last few years to get yeah. in one, but uh, yeah, finally coming true here soon. Well, I appreciate you coming on this edition of the Insider Live. Again, a season review kind of period here. we got the Rookie of the Year guys coming next week and the week after in, in Christian Brooks and Devlin Francesco. But uh, Stingray, to cap it off, congratulations on a fantastic season. A bunch of race wins, seven victories after that first one. And I told you, I told you. You get the that first gates. win, floodgates would open, and they did. No doubt about it. Hey, thanks for joining me, buddy. I appreciate it, and congratulations. Thanks, Rob. Stingray Rob, ladies and gentlemen, what a fantastic young driver here uh, in this American racing program. Um, on the road to Indy, 
Uh, four years in Indy Pro 2000. Next year is going to be in Indy Lights. And as he talked about, it's going to be a stout year. Uh, Kirkwood, uh, the 2019 Indy Pro champion, has his scholarship. Uh, Linus Lindquist coming over from the Formula Regionals Championship with a scholarship from Honda. Um, Daniel Frost back. Probably, I'm going to say Robert McGinnis, uh, Toby Sowery, David Malukas. Uh, all these guys coming back again. Uh, and more drivers coming into the fray as well. Uh, this is going to be a, an unbelievably great year in Indy Lights. I'm so glad that it's coming back in 2021. We're not going to the Freedom 100. That's, of course, sad, but we're going to the streets of Detroit. And although they haven't confirmed it yet, I'm, I'm really hoping that we end up being on the docket at uh, Nashville as well. I think that would be an awesome uh, weekend. A lot of street races for the drivers in Indy Lights. And again, uh, we're going to see a driver graduate from Indy Lights to IndyCar in 2022 folks i appreciate you joining me here on another edition of the insider uh this is going to go of course on the art uh, road to the insider podcast as well uh you can get that on itunes i just started the rob howden podcast that's gonna be there with my book and podcast and a, a bunch of other stuff i do as well i do appreciate you guys tuning in thank you so much uh more content coming in the off season and again remember what's the reminder oh steve Wittick here on the road to the insider live we'll do our own little uh preview or season review rather on monday i don't know if we figured a time up probably around two o'clock on monday where we're back at it again and you can get all the broadcasts on my youtube channel come back and watch them anytime you want we always push them out on social media anyways but i do appreciate it folks have an awesome day it's friday hey have a great weekend as well book it